warning, this show uses explicit language and adult topics. And just in case you needed the reminder, you are about to hear a comedy show, or at least an attempt at one. So without further ado and further introductions, let's get disappointing. Well, if you don't like my show, don't curse your radio, you know that no one likes my company anyway. But if you listen closely and talk intelligently, then maybe you can be a disappointment. Our first culture shock for the day is going to be one that I hope you enjoy. It's one of my absolute favorites off of an old Wu-Tang Clan uh, album, and specifically an off an old Dirty Bastard album. And what better introduction uh, to this guest, one that's meant a lot to me, than a song that also means a lot to me. So please enjoy Protect Your Neck 2 at the Zoo. By the old dirty bastard in the Wu Tang Clan. Please enjoy. Jump on stage, flip, rip a 
show, sugar ripper, ho, hey, like Bo Jackson, while I'm still taxing, maxing, relaxing, sitting back, selling and tracksing, again and again, when the rock can jam, when the jam up in the air, throw up the hand, introducing, one man band town, swell, more the sound couldn't stand, nigga, when the jump step to the center of the run, better, MC to mentor, you get tap slap, cross the MC map, you laugh at ass, on the horse shack, come on through, a black and blue, your whole crew, then I get rudy with the Hong Kong food, old dirty bastard, MC killer, money maker, Brooklyn, jail and cell, that I lay down like cow, that I get higher, here comes that ill type rougher, stallion untouched, I'm leaving broken down grandmas on a pet, who, who, what, what brings it, tighter than your anus, chambers the same as for the deepest, train is keep it stainless, still on time and it's the windmill, deadly venom kills, at the last of the sand spill, 60 set, nuclear attack on your set, hit you with the black, and just like that, the song's over. With no warning, and just like this guest, we have no warning. Why? Because we're bad motherfuckers and we don't give a shit. We'll suck your dicks and we'll beat them clits. We're not going to suck your dits, but we might beat those clits. Listen, I love Sean and I'm glad he decided to come on. So I'm glad that you decided to listen to this next song, Survival of the Fittest by Mob Deep. Please enjoy, motherfuckers. Yeah, sending this one out. To my man Killer B, no doubt indeed. Without we, you know what I'm saying? That old real shit. There's a war going on outside, no man is safe from. You could run, but you can't hide forever from these streets that we done took. You walking with your head down, scared to look. You shook, cause ain't no such things as halfway crooks. They never around when the beef cooks in my part of town. It's similar to Vietnam. Now we all grown up and old and beyond the cops control. They better have the riot gear ready. Trying to back me and get rock steady. By the Mac 1 double, I touch you and leave you with not much to go home with. My skin is thick, cause I'll be up in the mix of action. If I'm not at home, puffing live, relaxing. New York got a nigga depressed, so I wear a slug proof underneath my guest. God bless my soul, before I put my foot down and begin to stroll into the drama I built. And all unfinished beef, you will soon be killed. Put us together, it's like mixing vodka and milk. I'm going out blasting, taking my enemies with me. And if not, they scar, so they will never forget me. Lord, forgive me, the Hennessy got me not knowing how to act. I'm falling and I can't turn back Or maybe it's the words from my man Killer Black That I can't say, so what's left the untold fact Until my death, my goals will stay alive Survival of the fit, only the strong survive yo, yo, we live in this till the day that we die Survival of the fit, only the strong survive We live in this till the day that we die Survival of the fit, only the strong survive We live in this till the day that we die Survival of the fit, only the strong survive We live in this till the day in between two worlds trying to get dope You know when the dope get low, the juice go But never that, as long as fiends smoke crack I'll be on the block hustling, count my stacks No doubt, watching my back and proceed with caution 5 working, no time to get lost in The system niggas using fake names to get out quick My brother did it and got back with two ounces I live with one with squads, hit the block hard That's my man twin, when he got back to fuck me up, God but shit happens for a reason You find out who's your true peoples when you're upstate bleeding You can't find a shorty the truth to be with you Hit with a two to four is difficult While on the streets I try to maintain Tight with my Lucas hoes like to run game Some niggas like to trick but I ain't with that trick 
talking shit. I'm like the juice, saving those who I could pick with. Pushing the legs, now I'm set, ready to jet. No matter how much loot I get, I'm staying in the projects forever. Takes on the blocks, we out clever. And beef, we never separate, go together. When words come to worst, so my peoples come first. Try to react and get the motherfucker feeling served. My crew's all about blue. Fuck looking cute, I'm strictly tip boots. An army certified suits, puffin' nails, laid back, enjoy the smell. In the bridge, getting down, it ain't hard to tell. You better realize we live this till the day that we die. Survival of the fit, only the strong survive. We, strong we live survive. this till the day that we die. Survival of the fit, only the strong survive. Oh yeah, welcome back, you fucking disappointments, eh? Yeah, that's the best Canadian I got for you guys, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is the Disappointed Radio Show. I'm DJ Disappointment, and you're listening to the worst show on radio. Uh, today's guest uh, hails from a fucking land up north, but now is somewhere completely different, so we have a whole range of shit I can ask him today. So on mic one is... Sean Baden. And this is the Disappointed Radio Show. And then we just start talking like we normally were. Okay, so before I fucking ramble, A, you're from Canada, which I fucking yes. love. But you're not currently in Canada while we're doing this show. No. You're currently been, in Australia. Yeah, I haven't been home for five months now. Damn. But it's been, I was only home for ten days. Um, I've been gone for an entire year now. Okay. Yeah. How, so like, how many hours is the, like, round trip flight? Like, it's, it's, it's a um, hard feature to travel that far of the globe. Yeah, no, it it's um takes around a full a full two days usually. Uh, what? 21 hours of, yeah, twenty one hours of flying. That um, doesn't so seem a, right I'm to from, me. Yeah, no, it sucks. It's <laughs> um it's a five hour flight from Toronto to LA, and this is direct, this is the fastest way possible. Okay. Toronto to LA, which I'm from Toronto, um, and then LA to either Melbourne or Sydney. Uh, which are the two places I've lived. I've lived in both cities. Um, it's a 14 or 15 hour flight from LA. Oh my God. Yeah. I would kill myself. <laughs> Some of the flights. Um, so before I left, I, I played it really smart. Yeah. I went to the doctor and I was like, Hey, like I'm going on this super long, like long haul flight. Do you have any sleeping pills that I could take? There's Xanax. He, yeah. He, he prescribed me sleeping pills. So it was like, I just passed out for literally, t I normally try to make myself really tired for the flights. Right. And then um, usually sleep for literally 10 to 12 hours of the 14 hour flights <laughs> and wake up like barely jet lagged. Um, You're a god. When I was coming, yeah, when I was coming back from home, it was really good. Um, it ended up being a really empty flight and I had three seats to myself. So I was sleeping, laying down the entire flight. <laughs> So you were just pampered, be like, yes, I'll take two dinners for the seats that were supposed to be these guests, please. Make it just one big-ass chicken roast little dinner for me. 
Yeah, exactly. It was so good. So the reason I have you on the show, and so everybody can know, and so at least one time I can have it recorded in a bottle, is that you are probably one of my first friends or oldest friends. You're one of the first yeah. people I ever met and I felt comfortable talking to. And it just so happened that we met on vacation when we were both extremely young. You a little bit older, your sister a little bit older than my sister. And you're yeah. both. we both had overweight fathers and very quiet mothers. So we were like, yeah. huh, what the fuck is this clan doing here? The best part of knowing you guys when you were in Florida was that you guys celebrated Thanksgiving when we were there. And that was earlier than you guys do. Oh my god, it's so good because I was like, "Fucking thank you guys! Are you guys going to come Thanksgiving?" And at first we were like, "Oh, so Canadians do meth? That's that's what people do there." Yeah. <laughs> do you think? Yes, um, do you think you would have ever like came to the United States as much, or at least your dad would have as much if you guys hadn't had met us? Um, definitely not to the middle of fucking nowhere in Ohio. <laughs> But um, yes, yes and no, because we, even before you guys had went, I had been to Florida every year of my life right. in October, and I still have been every year of my life to Florida in October. Um, would we have went to Ohio and done these trips with you guys? Definitely not. Yeah. I yeah. still need to get my passport, because I still want to, like, at some point when you are back home in Canada, like, visit back yeah. home Canada, be like, all right, show me the ropes. Show me where all yeah. the we- legal weed dispensaries are and where your fucking yeah. cool-ass roller coasters that are made of snow, where the fucking, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I probably, I still won't be home for another year, so I just got uh, sponsored by my work. Okay. Where it's like, that's where they pay, they pay for, like, sponsorship for me. It's like, I think it works out to be, like, 5.5K Australian. Um, USD, that's uh, probably about $4,000. 3500 Okay. Um, they pay for that, and then I just keep working there for the year. Okay. Yeah, so it's like, it keeps me in the country, keeps me in Australia, and I still have a job. Yeah, it's guaranteed job which security, is, which is kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, you're a cook. We should probably yeah. say that at least once. Yes. I had kind of known you wanted to do cooking because you were always fascinated by, like, the food in Florida. You would always talk about, like, the Japanese steakhouse dinners and, like ice cream shops and like you guys would always have this weird infatuation with brown sugar pop tarts because you could not buy them in canada yeah exactly we can now they have since come out in canada (laughs) you guys would literally bring boxes of them and i would go for some and you'd be like no no no, those are those are for the trip and it's like what what are you talking about those are are to bring home (laughs) those are for the bring home suitcase yeah and i wouldn't like my mom, like, wouldn't let any of us have them because we all knew that they, they were her favorite. I, like, I remember as a kid, I would feel bad, like, taking one and be like, Mom, like, oh, <sighs> I need it, you know? Yeah. That's how yeah. my mom was with the, um, the orange fucking, like, ho-hos when they were going out of, like, st- fucking business. She bought, like, a bunch, and I just kept taking what them. And I was like, but they're my favorite. <laughs> they're what like the those? fucking cake. It don't matter. Listen, before yeah. I forget, you look... Not just like you did when we were younger, but like you always retain the same like nice hairstyle a certain length. But like, what do you think of this yeah. fucking mane? I grew all my hair out. What do you think of this? Yeah. Um. How long have you been growing it for? For a while. I just wanted to go for something totally different and like use it as like because I never really had a chance to just style my hair when I was like with my parents. There was like you have to get haircuts. I'm like, what do you mean I have to get haircuts? That's a weird yeah. sentence. You know, I think I should look like how I'm going for hippie 
successful hippie. Yeah, it's a good look. <laughs> I can see you rocking that. Um, I have a new microphone necklace that I wear everywhere on a little chain, too, to remind yeah. myself okay. to never give up. Keep being the comic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. I don't want to fucking forget the dream and fucking go to the white collar dream job and have fun there, but then forget the dream and not do it because you're making some money and somewhere else. into corporate America. Yeah, I don't really, yeah, exactly. I don't really want to like swim down that river necessarily if I don't have to. I'd rather just kind of hardcore parkour up the mountain. It may be rough, but yeah. like, you know, we'll get there. Yeah, exactly. That's like a lot of a lot of the, kind of the same with me. Um, like a lot of people are starting to get into real jobs, and like they're like, "Oh, I gotta settle into a full time job, figure out what I want to do with my life." And mm-hmm. I was like, "No, I'm just gonna fly across the world and." Yeah, you're killing it. You're just you were like, "I'm just gonna be a cook and I'll boop right up in Australia." And I'm like, "Wow, okay, Sean." Yeah. Do yeah. you um do you think you'll ever seriously like try to be like a gambler slash poker star? Um, Could you see yourself actually, like, training, practicing? Yes. I do have, like, I've done a course uh, on it where it's, like, you literally just, it's modules, and it's, like, it's pretty much like buying a textbook. Okay. And you go through it, you're literally studying, like, at school. <laughs> um, that would be the dream one day. I, will it ever happen? I don't never know. say never. Yeah. It, it takes hours and hours, like, years and years and years of playing to get that good. But, um, and there's a lot of really, really smart people that are really good. But I would love to one day. I'd love to actually give it a shot. I don't know if I'll ever make it. Right. But one day, hopefully, I can give it a shot. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you this. Do you have to still catch yourself saying some, like, Canadian lingo, like, fucking A, or whatever, in Australia, or have you lived there long enough now where you've, like, adapted a little bit to their fucking slang lingo? Um, definitely, I have not adapted their sling, slang lingo, like, they'll be like, I'm like, if I'm like, hey, how are you, like, how's your day? They're yeah. always like, hey, how you going? <laughs> and it's like, and I can just, I can never see myself saying that. I've said a couple things, like, I'll say heaps, which um, a lot of Australians say is, like, oh, I was sick yesterday, but I'm feeling heaps better today. Heaps? Yeah. Heaps, like, heaps, H-E-A-P. heaps of betterness. That's a, that's yeah. a backward-ass yeah. sentence. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Canadian sayings, I definitely, I definitely stick out of my work, because it's all Australians, um, and they're, like, they have trouble understanding my accent sometimes when I say a couple things. No kidding. Yeah, like they, because um, I work at a restaurant, they're like, they really like how I say risotto when they say it like risotto or something. Oh, okay. Something like that. And then there's a couple other words. Um, but yeah. That's crazy. I love that you still like use, because I didn't know if like language depends on where you live a lot, because you have to communicate yeah. where you are with the people around you to survive. But at the same time, like you're not going to mm-hmm. forget your base learning language like i'm still i'm sure you still know some french uh yeah i, I still do know some french but i definitely have lost a lot compared to when i was like because you're probably school. not using it but when you were in canada yeah. that there was a possibility of using it yeah there was a couple a couple nights where i was in i was in montreal which is like the the french speaking part okay um and the uber driver we were trying to get back home and the uber driver only spoke french oh god and i had to like i had to I was the one who spoke the most French out of my friends and had to, like, tell them where we were. It's still, 
was very, very broken. Yeah, uh, rough. A lot of French. pointing. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of pointing, a lot of just figuring out what intersection we're at and just saying it in French as best as I could. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my heart longs for you. Do you? Can you say anything in French? Like, do you have any, like, thing ready, like, under your tongue? I'd love uh, to hear you speak dude. some French if you have anything. Bonjour, comment ça va? That's, like... Hello, how are you? <laughs> I love it, because I, I, I took Spanish, but I, I, I shit you not, I've got nothing. Like, n- absolutely yeah. nothing I could give you. <laughs> yeah. See, Didi, he's bilingual. He can speak, like, five languages, six languages, so, like, fuck. Like, every time I hear him yeah. just, like, bounce around, I'm like, huh, oh, oh. It, it's cool. Like, I really, I wish now. I remember being, like, grade nine, grade ten, I'm like, yeah, I won't need it. Like, it's fine. But, like, now, kind of looking back, like, Kind of wish. It's like, kind of wish I still had it, but it's, what can you do now? Yeah. Do you think, um, do you think you would have been a cook if you would have, like, lived anywhere else? So, like, Canada, I think they have, like, a way better setup situation, and I love it for this, because they don't really do college the same, to my knowledge. Um, yes and no. People don't. It's not as big for people to go all over the country. Like, right. A lot of people go out. Of, go out of state. Right. Um, a lot of people will go. Still go away for school, but like in Toronto, at least, there's probably oh, four or five universities that are like an hour and a half to two hours away, where a lot of people go. Huh. But like, yeah. my thing is like with Canadian like education, it doesn't really dwell on like the go to the university live there for four years, do every fucking thing. It's more suited toward, like, hey, what do you want to do? And, like, we'll yeah. help you work in the field more because we're more adapted to, like, you work, you learn through your workforce. And, yeah. like, that's so cool have, to me. Um, so we have college and universities. Our universities are more geared towards your colleges. And then our colleges are kind of like, what do you want to do? Get hands-on, which is I went to a, uh, I went to a college for culinary. Okay, but that's like still yeah, like so, it's still a little more specific because there's trade schools, but like you like it's to a degree like a lot more impressive, and it still like focuses more on the training and getting you actually adapted to be ready for the real world. Not hey, also take a bunch of like history classes and fucking math and fucking this and that because you have to. Yeah. And it's like, well, hold on, what if they didn't have to? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of envy that. There's a little bit more culture towards that. Towards being away from that. Right. Where people kind of just do what they want. So, my question is now, because you were in Canada, and you had this access to, like, pick things, you chose cook, but if you were somewhere else, do you think you still would have, like, fought really hard? Like, in America, that's a little harder to do, to be, like, a professional cook, like a fucking Iron Chef level fucking... You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm definitely, definitely nowhere near Iron Chef level, but, um... Would you like to be? Would you like to be, like, a cool level to where you could be one of those cooks that, like, has, like, a knick-knack... Like, there's the Japanese chef who fucking, like, carves ice like diamonds, and there's the fucking dudes who like to cut things real fast. Do you think you'll have, like, a little niche that you're like... You're like, I cut cabbage in the air, motherfuckers. Um, no, I don't think so. Like, where I'm at now, it's, like, super easy... Okay. For me, at least, from all the restaurants. I've worked in three different restaurants now. Um, Where I'm now is probably definitely the easiest that I've had it. (laughs) Okay. Where it's like, 
go in, kind of do a couple things, and then, like if it's not busy, I just literally stand there on my phone and get paid. <laughs> well, yeah. that's nice. Now, let me ask yeah. you this. What's your favorite thing to cook? I honestly get like, that question more than you would believe. Really? Do you have like a signature dish that you're like, oh man, a certain fucking cappuccino and i know that sounds cheap but like i do the foam and the stuff really cool <laughs> no no i would say um my favorite thing to cook is just stuff that i like to eat really it's like a bolognese pasta some pizza um like chicken fried rice i love Ooh. yeah oh you're making and me wet <laughs> yeah some some chicken fried rice here is pretty good just because we're so much closer to Asia here. Yeah, I'm sure the fuck it yeah. is. I uh I I had to. Oh, you'll like this. I I don't really have a Canadian joke, but I have a cooking joke. Um, the word walk. I just realized and learned the other day what the fuck that meant. Uh, never really learned the name of the big ass fucking frying pan that is indigenous to China. That's called a wok. Uh, I just yeah. thought they called it you know the Chinese frying pan. Like a racist American, I was. Uh, <laughs> I educated myself, learned the name of it, and then came to realize that all these places that you come and see, like Asian Buffet, is like China Walk, City Walk. That's why the walk part is there, and I just got that, and that just blew my fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like a little micro bit I ran. I don't remember the exact punchline, but like I could go on. I mean, my style of comedy is just so weird. It's just like, like it's kind of like a ramble rant. Yeah. Does that make sense? A little bit? Yeah, I think so. Like a Dave Chappelle storyteller. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you like, do you like Watch the Last Stand Up or anything like that? Um, no, I can't remember the name of the last comedy show I watched. It wasn't too long ago, though. Um, but it was definitely, it was Stand Up. Who's your favorite, like, comic or, like, funny guy? Like, Will Ferrell counts as an example. Like, he's a good stand up, he doesn't really do it a lot. Um, the short guy, short black guy. Kevin Hart? Yes. See, I'm not a huge Kevin Hart fan of recent. I like his earlier stuff because he was more of a stand-up. But now I see him more kind of as a guy who went to Hollywood, made a bunch of movies, and now he's kind of it kind of tastes like an actor trying to do stand-up in his recent ones. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, it's not hitting as hard. Now you're just it feels like you're relying a little bit on the fame, and I don't like that. Like the best yeah. comics act like they're fucking pieces of shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I, I also, that does make me like Kevin Hart is he will play really high stakes poker. Okay. I didn't know that. He is a super yeah. nice guy and I don't mean to like shit on him. He's super funny and he's super good at movies yeah. and everything. I just don't really like his like newest stand up acts as much yeah. as his, his earlier ones are really solid and really good, but like not a fan of his recent ones, but I really liked him in that movie with Will Ferrell and Get Hard. That was really fucking funny. Yeah. Because yeah, you see Will Ferrell almost suck a cock in that movie. And that's a weird thing to think about. You're going pretty yeah. far for comedy there, Will. I don't know how yeah. far I'm going to go. Like, one of the. So, one of my favorite comedians ever is Eric Andre. Have you ever watched his oh. show? No, I haven't. Okay, so, like, it's like the worst fucking interview show. It's like my radio show if it was in person. But they fuck with the guests super hard, make it really uncomfortable. It gets weird. And um, one time. He was on the show, and he was doing some shit, and, like, he fucking, he kicked the guest, like, in the face, and it was, like, T-Pain, 
And to have that level of influence to where you could, like, get somebody big, be an asshole, and fucking give them one. Like, that's a, that's a level of comedy to me. So I aspired, like, my show to kind of be like that in terms of just garbage that attracts really famous people. Like, for some... And I'm not trying to, like, humble brag, but Dee did the show. He listens to it. He thought it was good. So if it impresses yeah. him and a lot of people like him, who else could it impress? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I hope one day that this makes a fucking super famous cook laugh. And they're like, Sean, huh? And they're like, give me that man. Type, 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 type. Like, I'd like to think it will help people at some point. But as a current, it ain't doing jack shit for your mama, papa. <laughs> yeah, no, it isn't. Do you, um... Oh, man. I would also say that, like, Dave Chappelle is probably one of my favorite comics. But that's a little bit... That's being a little favoritism. Because he lives, literally, like, not that far away from me in, like, Yellow Springs. Like, I could literally go... There's a diner that apparently he goes to all the fucking time and eats at, and I, I contemplate just sitting there every day with a, with a notebook and just waiting for him and be like, Mr. Chappelle, suck your cock. I, did, I didn't mean to say that, but I will, but I'm just kidding. Unless. Yeah. Like, <laughs> give me comedy advice. Yeah, like, I literally just like, let me pitch you a joke. That's all I want. At the end of the day, I just want to tell him yeah. that he means a lot to me. He was an inspiration, and I don't want anything from him. Let me just pitch you a joke, and if you laugh, that's that's the reward. That's all I need, but if you don't, I'll take that to heart and I'll work on it. <laughs> yeah. I Do you think you had like an idol like that that you would run into and you'd be like, oh, like say there was like a, do you have like a super chef guy and you're like, oh, I would see him and I'd be like, dude, sir, look, give me a carrot. I'll show you, I'll show you my skin. See, you gotta. <laughs> um, Thomas Keller. Who's that? He, it's hard to explain. I don't actually know that much about him. Okay. But it was like, I watched a, a show on him, a documentary on Netflix, and it was like, he just brought, like, the kitchen kind of down. Like, he was one of the greatest chefs in the world, and here he was, like, mopping the floor of his restaurant. Very down-to-earth. Very down-to-earth, very humble. Like, he would grow all his product, all his fresh fruits and vegetables he'd grow in, in the backyard of the restaurant. Okay. Because it was in, like, a in the middle of the kind of nowhere, but it was, like, one of the best restaurants in the world. Because it was of, very wholesome and very, like... Yeah. Probably just well-kept. Yeah. That's nice to think about. Oh, that's wholesome yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. I like to think I have, like, a Mount Rushmore of, like, comedians I would always try to, like, think in my mind, and, like, a Mount Rushmore of, like, scientists. Because I like science. I'm a science yeah. nerd. I'm a, I'm a fucking fiend for fucking, like, black hole theory and fucking time travel bullshit talks and all these things that make my nips hard when I watch fucking sci-fi films. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this. <clears throat> we went to Florida before I had to stop going because, like, my high school was way more strict on fucking time you were allowed to fucking leave, which, yeah, also, I, which I also envy fucking Canada for tenfold over but we won't spiral down that rant again um what was like one of your favorite things we did together because we did a lot of stuff together in florida over the years and like you can take a second if you need to think on it but like one of the things like i just remember like and this is gonna sound make me sound so fucking gross but i just remember like being like yeah i'll run with you in the morning sean and just yeah. seeing you take off and i'd that get like into running and i'd get not far and then you'd be like, no, we have to make it to the bridge. And we get there, and by that time, I feel like my kidney's exploding. You're like, we can walk a little bit on the way back. You humbling, like, taking refuge from my fucking lungs. Like, it's okay, you fucking bitch-ass little boy. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, it's okay, you can't run uh, X amount of miles that everybody else can. It's okay. We won't point it out. <laughs> I don't even think we ran a mile. No. Miles are long. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I think I went... 
um, when I ran to the end of that pier and back, I think that was a total like four miles. Because <laughs> I remember also, because it even wasn't in Florida, but I remember when you like, you guys randomly like decided to fucking come down and stay with us, and like that was fucking dope. Down to Ohio. Yeah, remember when you stayed with us yeah. at like our Ohio house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the dopest thing of all because, didn't like, we did. We came down twice, right? Yeah, but you came when we were real young, and it was really perfect because you got to meet like everybody of my like friend crew when I was in trail back when we were really young, and like, it was it just it was really nice and it was really wholesome to like see a piece of something that I had met in another state that I thought was fucking awesome, which was you guys connected yeah. so well. Because I'm not even trying to trip because like I feel like my dad would have probably bridged the gap because he's a social guy, but like. To my knowledge, I don't think our families would have met unless I engaged. Because even my mom was like, go talk to them. And I'm like, why, why me? It's like, because you're the fucking loud one. Which now that I'm like, hey, let's broadcast the loud to the masses. They're like, shut the fuck up and be quiet. <laughs> yeah. Pick a time and date mom. <laughs> I thought how we met was like... Um, I just remember me. engaging you. Like, I remember me oh, and you, our conversation was like where the families first like sparked of like... Pssst. I thought it was... Um... This is what I remember was because we were seven. I don't know. I don't know how well this story um, holds up to be true, but what I remembered was me and Kelly were playing in the pool because we just got there. I remember that. And, and then your family walked in. Yes. And Brian screamed. He's like, "Oh, thank fuck! Like, go play with them!" Or like, "Thank God, go play with them!" Like, oh, he was, he was just pumped that there was kids, and he was like, "Go play with them!" And yeah. it's like, "Oh, Dad, please." Yeah. He's a loud man. Yeah. You gotta love him for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's pretty right do you remember going to that fucking iguana lounge with the giant yeah. ass iguana head in there and the fucking arcade and, and our parents would just get sloshed as fuck together and we would just go fuck yeah. off for hours <laughs> into the arcade and the daiquiri deck we used to love that game the one where it's like the claw game yeah and we would never but win anything yeah and it was and really like, oh, Three more dollars. We're so close. So close. And they'd be like, For guys, you don't understand. You're not getting it. But you didn't see how close it got this time, though. Yeah. <laughs> just trying to pitch it like a Coke Adderall guy. I mean, it's like, just just one more gram. I promise I'm going to find the horse this time. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, I fucking, I think back to a lot of the stuff we used to do. Before. I remember just going through, like, the boardwalk shops with you. And I remember, like, going to the Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. store and buying the cards and, like, talking yeah. shit. To each other about each other's fucking cards and just really meaning it. <laughs> then getting back to the yeah. fucking pool and then fucking adventuring. And I remember you would always like, I never had any self confidence. So I would never really go on vacation with the ideas that I was going to get any, like, any degree of getting laid from like a kiss yeah. to a blowjob to a fucking full on fucking cool ass adventure. As I digress, you always had the initiative, let's go find girls, too. And it's like, why do you think we're going to find girls? I always pitched it like that, too. And I was like, why do you think we're going to find females? What do you think me and you are bringing to the table wearing our yeah. vacation attire? Young white boys who look like they clearly cannot get anything cool like alcohol or cool things that girls would be like, oh. <laughs> yeah. But you always had the initiative. Um, and that always made me fucking proud to be your friend. Yeah. <laughs> We would always just try and go to the beach on our own and just try and literally just walk. I'd try and, like, find girls to talk to. And yeah. I just remember, I mean, I remember all the little different interactions of you, tr cool. We'd get a few laughs, but they'd be like, sorry, we gotta go. And be like, we struck out again. Because, like, yeah. <sighs> like, that's the thing, like, no one wants to hit on anybody on vacation with your family. Because if anything develops, where the fuck 
are you supposed to go? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, when you're at home, like, you can get away from your family, kind of, but when you're on a vacation, you get sick of sick of spending it with them. Because you have one centralized location of stay, and then you don't know the area at all. And unless yeah. she's a local yeah. girl, and she's like, let's go to my fucking tiki hut, and I'll fucking blow you on the beach, and we'll write songs in the sand. I don't think it's yeah. gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I was, tr- I was trying to explain this to someone in my family recently, and they were like, I just don't understand my boyfriend. And I was like, well, okay, did you at least assess the first rule of every single male ever? And there, she was like, no. And it's like, we all really give a shit about sex. He goes, no, yeah. not him. Never him. And it's like, if you're having to tell yourself, never him. Him especially. He's just not letting you know how bad he wants to fuck you. <laughs> yeah. So, like... As I say that, I don't blame you. I just never thought I had the self-confidence to actually get anybody. But now that I'm older and I have a girlfriend and I love her and I'm not, like, searching for anybody else, I learned that the key to fucking getting women is actually just making them laugh. It's a fun yeah. fact that girls just like funny people. It's someone that they just feel comfortable so and they're like, oh, okay, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, that's where the number one thing that girls look for is, like, someone who's funny, someone that can make them laugh. And you're funny. And that's why I also wanted to have you on the show. Because, like... I don't yeah. think I would have really hung out with you all those times. And especially, like, like bridging the friendship way as more than it should. Like, our friendship shouldn't have been as close to me as it was. And I'm not trying to hurt your feelings by that, but, like, we just met on a vacation. Never did yeah. I think you would be in my home. That, like, as soon as we would leave vacation, we would get back home and play Minecraft for, like, fucking years on end together. Yeah, yeah literally, like, three years of... It was bad. I was seriously addicted in like seven, eight. I know, and I wasn't helping. I was like, yeah, I'll play Minecraft with you. Hug it on. Yeah. It was like, just, oh, I wouldn't do anything other than play. Like, I'd call in sick to school. Like, I'd tell my mom, yeah, I feel sick. And just like, literally stay home and play for 16 hours a day. (laughs) But I have good memories. I remember really making some really twisted shit. And that's like, that's what it's all about. Like, I try to reminisce most of my childhood, and I'm like, why was my childhood all over the place and weird? It's like, just because I met so many different weird people and tried to talk to all of them at once. And, like, I, I remember just talking to you all of my childhood. And all the time, I'd have to tell my friends, like, oh, God, Sean said this. And they would, I mean, they would fucking listen. They'd be attuned with it. And then when you showed up one day, I remember the day you showed up, they were like, we, we weren't going to lie. We thought Sean was fake. We did not think Sean was real. <laughs> so now that you've produced a real friend and you've called our bluff, Welcome to the fucking crew. Hello. <laughs> like, it was just a funny fucking triumph to be like, ha 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 ha. Yeah. I still want to come up to fucking Canada and just, like, experience all the, all the difference, all the differentness there. Like, yeah. uh, say what you can, but, like, when were you back home when the fucking dispensaries were legalized and you can fucking rum, run amok throughout the fucking streets, yes. stoned to shit? So they were legalized October 1st, from what I remember, 2018, okay. and I didn't leave till the 25th. So it was like, um, when they became legalized, this girl that I worked with, she started, her brother started selling, just selling weed, which I didn't have, didn't have to go to the dispensary. Right. He started selling pre-rolls, which I would just buy at work and go home. But like, um, no one would say anything. Would your parents give no. a shit? Because they knew it was like the fucking law. Um, I can see your mom giving a lot of shits. I thought she was going to, too. But um, luckily, I worked late hours when I was at home. So it's like I'd come home, 
go outside, smoke, come back in, I had to play Fortnite because Fortnite was still big back then. Um, and there was one time where I was like, I got really, really high, came in and like I fucking made pretty much the whole downstairs smell. She comes down and it's like she's half asleep. So it's like four in the morning. It smells like weed, and I, I turn around like super slowly. And you like, can't like defend yeah. it. You're just looking at it like, yeah. so what if it does? Yeah, I was like, there's no getting out. I was just like, yeah, and she just like turned around and went upstairs. Like, <laughs> That's the giving up. Bad. That's the giving up turn of like, I give up on my son. This is the walk. Yeah, there was nothing like. I've been always super independent, always done my own thing. But that's so funny you say that, because is that giving up on your son? Is letting them smoke pot really the world's worst decision as a mother? Or maybe it's like, hey, maybe my son's now not going to be an alcoholic who beats his wife. Maybe he'll be more into hugs and telling people he loves them, even if he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What Like, does your dad have any issues with it? Your dad's kind of cool. Yeah, no, my dad, they don't really care. Like, Like, would your dad smoke ever? Have you ever asked him? He doesn't smoke. I do remember, though. So, you know the Super Bowl, obviously. Yeah. We have the we have the Grey Cup, which is the CFL, the Canadian Football League, the championship. Yeah. He went to a CFL party, and this Edibles. guy brought cookies. Yeah. He brought cookies. Yeah. And didn't, didn't realize he ate a whole cookie, which ended up being, like, I don't know how many... Uh, milligrams. milligrams. But, like, yeah. I don't know how many. Um, but... We went and picked him up. Um, <laughs> not my mom. We had the next door neighbor pick him up. And he was like, oh, let's go to Wendy's. I remember he just ordered like... <laughs> just cheesing about Wendy's. Yeah, just an absurd amount of Wendy's. And I was like, wow, he's really drunk. And then 20 minutes later, we got home and he was just spewing in the toilet. And then he was like, yeah, it was. I ate a weed, like a, an edible by accident. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, it makes sense now. That's so funny. all the amount he drank, yeah. Did he hate it? Um, I never asked him if he liked being high, but I guess being hot, drunk and high is very different. Because being being edible stoned and being smoke a joint stoned are two totally different stones. Because one affects your liver, one affects your respiratory system. And that's a whole different rant that we won't spiral down. But like, honestly, and I'm not trying to be that guy. But, like, when I was, like, many years ago and had smoked a joint with my dad at a concert, like, that was one of the closest moments I ever felt with my dad. Because weed's very grounding and it helps you, like, relate to other people. So I feel like if you ever smoked with your dad, it would be very fucking, like, like, I'm sure you love your dad. I'm sure you're close. But it would be really nice to get that really close moment like, hey, man, we're really fucked up and I love you and this is nice. Like, it's it's nice to get on that same bliss level. (laughs) Yeah. No, I don't ever see my dad, like... I could never see him smoking. What if he smokes joints all the time at work and you just don't know? He has like a little case for it and it's like his name's on it. It's like he's really into it. (laughs) Yeah. No, I know his brother, his brother's really into it, but um, he never really got into it from what I know. That's so funny to me. Like, because I can't see your dad like even eating an edible. So I can just see him tweaking on like fucking food like oh like i see like a big ass bald baby like yeah. fucking being like oh yeah fucking fries <laughs> yeah but i love your dad and I, if he's listening to this don't take shame to that brent i fucking love you um because <laughs> i love your family every time you guys yeah. would hang out i mean your dad would always let me get away with anything and like if mom and dad were ever fighting on vacation he'd be like come on we'll fucking we'll go do shit and be like yeah 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 cool dad other dad <laughs> kidding yeah not a shot to any existing fathers of my own. 
Um, but as I digress, um, this will probably be a good time for the first culture shock, just so I can actually segment this a little, like, correctly for once in my fucking life. So I'll stop the recording. <laughs> I guess that's the sound effect you, everybody at home. And we'll be right back. Enjoy your first culture shock. It's probably gonna be some gangster rap. It's probably gonna be some other, maybe we'll throw a Jimmy Buffett song. Not! We'll be back in a second. I'm gonna give a little introduction before this next song. Take it as you will, but Sean has been one of my oldest friends, and he's also been one of the only few people I've ever looked up to when it comes to, like, impressing girls, because at a very, very young age, he was all about the ladies. So why not play a very sexy gangster song by Gangstar, Neo, and Nitty Scott? Listen to Get Together, and maybe you can get together over this shitty-ass show, or not. Enjoy. It's me, Al Grande, or call me Papi Chulito. Yo, tango mucho loving for you mommies if you legal. For honeys, nothing equal to the way I tap that spot. Get your cat hot. Guess what? You hit the jackpot. Candlelight dinners for you winners. <laughs> See, I'm like Don Juan. Beat me, sweetie. I get in ya. Sugar, I'ma put you in a beautiful mood. Forget about that name. He ain't a suitable dude. Word up. I'm the one you like to talk to. You'll find my conversation so enlightening that you sparkle. Oh yeah, man, I key so I can hold you tight, mold you right. Listen, girl, I got more game than Dolomite. It's only right, baby, that we blend together. You'll be wanting me to be your friend forever. And ain't it clever, boo, how I got you sprung? So when I holler, y'all, you know you got to come. Spanish gold Several words like See Because I like what I see And I was thinking We should get together On the road You and me that you look You looking at my culo Said you got that prosciutto But I won't call you my budo I'm Kukuyo They call me La Negrita for real And it's really nice to meet you Heard you like a big deal So what it do? You checking for me twice in the blue Shit, I spit too Bet I'm probably nicer than you <laughs> I mean, let's talk about it Stroll with a G through the park And have a walk about it Like, what's your favorite color? Why you wanna be my lover? Tell me, how's your mother? Could you link me uptown When I'm thinking of you? No time for another sucker Let them ring the buzzer I'm sipping honey, dipping sundress In the summer, jiggy mommy ride Dropping niggas like mics Plus, I never been the type To fall in love with the high Words like see because I like what I see, and I was thinking we should get together on the low. You and me, let's get together, baby. Let's get together, baby. Let's get together, baby. Together, baby, uh, 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 u
get together. What a sexy little tune. I fucking love it. And if you don't, fuck you. How about that? How about I just don't give a shit anymore what you want to hear? How about if you don't listen to the fucking songs, why are you even listening to this fucking part? Listen, you're just aggravating me now. How about we put on Duel of the Eye and Mics by Master Killer, Dreddy, Kruger, Inspect, the Deck, the Rizza, the Jizza, and everyone else of the Wu-Tang Clan, please enjoy. trap. You can never escape your fate. Submit with honor to a duel with my son. I agree. I see you using an old style. I wondered where you'd learned it from. Your blood baths and elevate the shafts like these murderous rhymes tight from genuine craft. Check the print. Swear veterans, spark the lettering. Slow moving MCs is waiting for the editing. The liquid soluble that made up the chemistry, a gaseous element that burned down your ministry. Herbal vapors and biblical paper smoking exodust. Every square yard is plush. Fuck the screw face photo sessions. Facial expression leaves impression. Try to keep a sharp nigga guessing. Give praise and shout some. Here's the outcome. Cut across the semi-gloss rhymes your floor. Shit is outdated. Just like neck loads of sterling. Suede fronts, belt bottoms, and tri-color shirlings. I ain't particular. I bang like vehicular homicides in July 4th in Vestai. When money don't grow on trees and they're Steven MCs who cut throat to rake leaves. They can't breathe. Blood splash. Rushing fast like running rivers. I'll be that whiskey in your liver. This is not an 85 affair, made clear when the guards geared on to perform. Storms blew up, moves up, causing the crowd to self-destruct. Killer bees are stinging something while I reveal. Science that's heavily guarded by the culprit. Bombing your barracks with aerodynamics foreplay. Poison darts by the doorway. Minds that slice with explosive doses. Damaging lyrical launcher. Lunge at the youthful offender. The ninja, any contender. Testing a murderous master could lead to the Disaster. Dynamite thoughts explode through your barrier. Rips the retina. Who can withstand the astonishing, punishing stings to the sternum? Shocked in the hip hop livestock, seeking for a serum to cure them. Thugs killed for drugs, plus the young bucks bust. Ducking handcuffs, throats get cut when dough rust. Out of town, foes look shook but still pose. We move like real pros through the streets we stroll. Bullet holes lace the windows in 160. So controller avenues, that's the dream, that's soul. Building lobbies, the graveyards for small timers. Bitches caught in airport keys in their vaginas. No peace, yo, the police mad corrupt. You get bagged up, depending if you're passing the cut. Plus, shorty's not a shorty no more. He's living heartless, regardless of the charges. Claims to be the hardest individual. Critical thoughts, criminal minded. Blinded by illusion, finding it confusing.
across the line with me. I've had guys throw barbecues at me. They broke the windows out of my car. They cursed and sworn at me. But the bottom line is I ain't shook. Cause if the right hook comes out, crazy mother of us like you get knocked out. Don't be looking me in the eyes, boy. I ain't got no candy for you. No candy except for the right hook. Let's get back to the show before one of you at home catch one of these crazy right hooks, you crazy mother I'll... And we back! <laughs> I just like to be loud when I get back to the yeah. show. We're back, bitches! I hope you enjoyed the music. Um, if you didn't, I guess suck on my chode. I don't know what else there is to say. I don't know why you're still listening if you think it's a big old dumpster fire. <laughs> um, so I was gonna ask you some, like, some more intensive questions, if you don't mind. So, like, yeah. you have, you can either answer in Australian or you can answer in fucking, like, Canadian. But, like, give me some slang or, like, curse words that are, like, indigenous to fucking... Like, I know, like, in Canada you're, like, fucking A. But, like, give me a yeah. good, like, what's a good Canada swear? There isn't really anything. Like, fucking A is one. We would say that. There, other than that, I can't... Your dad and mom would say fucking A a lot, and I loved yeah. it every time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you heard any good, like, Australian cuss words yet while living in there? Nothing really, just, like, they say cunt a lot. Like they'll, they'll Yeah, but it doesn't mean the same thing to them, which is exactly. weird. It, exactly, they don't care, like, kind of when they say it. Like, like it, can be, it can be really good, or it can be, like, really bad as well. You know what it it reminds me of? It reminds me of the N-word in the soft G-A. Because it's like, yeah. you can say it in like a, yo, fuck these! Or you can say like, yo, that's my... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Usually I just say it, and I don't know why I'm holding back, but I guess it's because I haven't said the, for, the word nigga in front of you yet. So it's yeah. very funny to whip it out in, in front of, yeah. like, long-term friends. Because I've just yeah. listened to too much Biggie Smalls and Tupac, and, like, I've been desensitized to their ideology, plus Wu-Tang Clan of, like, you can say whatever you want as long as you have respect, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's food for thought for everybody at home, I guess, if you're being a big schlichter about it, which is a new word I'm coming up with. It means bitch! <laughs> <laughs> um, do you still, are you tight with Kelly? Like, I, I'm not trying to, like, pin you to anything, but, like, do you talk to Kelly a lot? I know it's probably hard. Yes. Yeah, no, I, now that you say it, I probably haven't talked to her in, like, two weeks. <laughs> it's but, hard. I haven't talked to McKenna in a while, and I just reached out today, and it feels like every time I talk to her, I'm throwing her life in a spiral. But maybe it's because she, yeah. she only doesn't talk to, like, anybody but me, and I don't reach out that much. But, like, I, I don't know. It's just hard to keep up with, like, younger siblings. But, like, older yeah, siblings, I, what? I don't know. I guess you don't have that I, conundrum because you don't have a bunch of black older brothers. Yeah. No, she was, like, I kind of had to make the decision, um... Probably about two weeks ago, if I was going to stay a whole another year, or if I was going to go home. Oh shit! Like, like if you were going to like commit another, and you were probably like, "Fuck yeah, I love, I love it here." Yeah, I was like, "Do I stay or do I go home?" And I was like, "It looks like I'm going to stay." And Kelly was just like, "She's like, come home." Oh like, no! Home. She sent you the, yeah. the come home. That's such a hard yeah. text. Yeah, and then she's like she isn't even home she's at school an hour and a half away anyways she's home every weekend but like she just wants you around yeah that's nice but you had to be like hey no sorry fuck you (laughs) yeah oh that's a rough but uh at least like 
there's that desire. Sometimes it feels like McKenna's just like, ah, just stay away from the house. It's crazy here. I'm, I'm trying to escape too. <laughs> yeah. I, um, you know, I, 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 I do do college. <laughs> I'm doing it. You know what I mean? I'm still in it. But like, I, we talked about like doing stand up, obviously, but like, I say You're that. Senior year right now, right? Yeah, I, I've got, like, a year left, maybe just, like, a one semester more over... Not a year, sorry. Like, I have two semesters left and maybe, like, a micro-semester of, like, six credits to three credits. Um, yeah. But I'm almost done. It sucks, but I'm still doing it. But as I say that, like, stand-up-wise, like... Like, I'm trying to, like, solidify, like, what is going to set me apart from all the other comedians? Yeah. Like, in your mind, everybody of the greatness that is a comic, like George Carlin, fucking Tom Segura, Burt Kreisler, Kevin Hart, fucking everybody, they're all great, but they're all great in such different ways. And while, yes, that comes from embracing, like, who you are and really joking about all those things, I'm really just trying to figure out, like, what's going to set me apart? What's going to be the thing that really does, no matter who steps up to the mic, it's like, no, they can't even touch this because my, like... Anybody who knows me knows that, and I guess, like, and I'm not trying to be, like, this dude about it, but the older brother situation helps a lot, you know what I mean? Having that upbringing of having all these different brothers of different backgrounds and cultures and influencing me and growing closer to them and still talking to them to this day and having them on the show and, like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know, because then, like, I've also got, like... The very bumpkin-y background I could go with, with my father and my mom in the cornfield and Amish neighbors and fucking that kind yeah. of thing. But also, like, my hair's long and I look like a hippie redneck, so, like, I can go with the fucking hippie vibe of, like, let's all take acid and talk about our feelings. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I just, I don't know which route to go. Maybe the best comics are everything, but, like, yeah. I, like at some point, I'm sure you have to, like, be a specialty chef if you get if you're great at everything you'll be like i'm gonna specialize in only this thing like at some point i'm gonna have to like solidify a comedy style or like something right or maybe not yeah no i i do know that there's a couple pizza chefs that go like and they're like oh this is the best pizza is the best which i'm not a huge fan of but i don't think you have to go like super specific like being well-rounded is always, like, best in a kitchen. I don't know if it's the same for comedy. I think everything's versatile in everything. That's why I'm like, when, yeah. like, do you feel the need to, like, solidify yourself into one branch of something and really focus that? Are you are you really trying to, like, diversify yourself into every pool and just be pretty great at everything? I would rather be, for as a chef, I'd rather be pretty great at everything and be well-rounded. And be great at like butchery or be great at making sauces or, or like a super at master at just one thing yeah, yeah. no i got for a kitchen it's better to be well-rounded because how are you going to lead and show people how to make 20 different items on a menu right compared to just when you're really good at one thing unless you open like a, a small food truck that just does like one or two things right um but if you're working in like a commercial size of restaurant um you have to know how to do everything. Yeah. I just, I'm trying to figure it out because, like, I feel like I'm a, com- a comic that I, the way I've tried to build myself currently is, like, any I can joke about anything. But, like, when you first glance at me, I can't do a joke that says the soft GA because you'll think I'm just a white kid that doesn't know his place. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't know the whole background. So, like, I don't want to have to take a 20-minute establishment. I just want to have the skill to be able to say anything anytime. Like, I think the best yeah. comics can talk about the most dicey subjects in a crowd of any kind of color, everybody mixed in between, and everybody's laughing. Like, I like to do yeah. jokes about abortion or, like, 9-11 or things that are, like, super intense, but, like, almost have a Louis C.K. ending half the time to where they just, like, it's a big subject and you, your expectations are all the way up here and now all of a sudden, like, every line is just, you're lowering your expectation. You're like, oh, Jesus Christ. And it's, like, not even a solution. Like, I do one where it's, like, we should ban guns and everybody. I, the, the whole idea is to get some huff and guff from people. Yeah. Be like, well, hold yeah. on. You haven't heard my fucking replacement. What if we just give everybody samurai swords and we just become swordsmen? Yeah. Mass shootings, would they at least stop? Because the best you're getting is one guy. I mean, to behead a motherfucker, that takes years of training. You're getting through his half his neck at best. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just like a, oh, so it was like an important topic, and then it just got really retarded, and then never yeah. went anywhere. And that's my style of comedy. <laughs> it's a mess. But, like, do you understand where I'm coming from? Because, like, my dad, doesn't, my dad doesn't get it. And you're literally one of my oldest friends ever. So I guess... You'll understand this when I say this. My dad's a great storyteller. And so is your dad. Yeah. And I think, like, growing up with years of that, like, you saw it from your dad. I'm sure you understand that I had an American version of it at my home of just good, big-ass, bellied storyteller dad that fucking is always funny and always entertaining and everybody likes to talk to him. So, like, why wouldn't I want to have those skills? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. You don't think I'm crazy for, like, trying to do the comedy thing, do you? No, definitely not. Um, but I would definitely, I would still have a backup plan. Like, if you can make it work, by all means, do it. Yeah. But throw, don't throw all your stones. Like, throw all your stones at it, but have something that you can fall back on if something goes wrong or if you don't make it. Right. I like to uh, compare my career idea of what I'm going to do to, like, building a fucking trapeze to where, like, the IT and cybersecurity is my safety net at the bottom. So once that's built, I can do whatever, and then the climb of the ladder is doing comedy, and the whole time, like, I can jump, and then if it doesn't work out and I don't land it, hey, look, the net's there, and IT and cybersecurity will work out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because the degree will be in hand, and it's and it's good to have a backup plan, but, like, and, it, and I say this, I don't even consider comedy half the time, like, a dream, because dreams are things you only see in your sleep. Comedy, to me, is, like, an actual life plan. I physically can see me doing, working out, and fucking killing it because it's, I, I can, like, I'm not trying to sound cocky, it just, like, you have to see me on stage, Sean. Like, I kill it on fucking yeah. live presence. Like, a lot of people, you know, they don't like my comedy because I go over controversial stuff, but if you really can separate yourself from your comfortabilities and just listen to a person talk, there's not a person in the world, I think, that doesn't enjoy my ramblings of fucking, like, my jokes because, like, it ping-pongs from all these different subjects. Like, you know, I remember my one set, um... <laughs> oh, God, I just told this the other day. Do you want to hear the abortion joke I wrote recently? Sure. Okay. Who named abortions? Like, what white Christian scientist in what laboratory did we let name abortion? Because it's kind of hard to say, and it's not very pleasing to the ear. Like, it sounds like abomination. Like, they were like, hey, what should we call out the vacuuming of a fetus? They were like, oh, an abomination? It's like, that's a word. And it's like, an abortion? It's like, that's eh, close enough. Like, my whole thing is we should rename it. 
Because maybe then yeah. we can work on the issues. People can say it more, be comfortable with it. So let's rename it something that makes sense and it and it you know it fits. So let's rename it baby suicides. <laughs> because then it's their choice. Yeah. And the their choice is a double entendre of the babies killing themselves choice, but it's also like their choice is like the woman's choice to choose. Choice. But then it's yeah. I give it a little pause and after the laughter and I go, "No, I'm just kidding. For comedic reasons, I would rename it Mama Sides." <laughs> like it's a homicide. And then as after yeah. that like pitter patter laughter I go um, you know this joke was brought to you by the Mormons and then I kind of like go on because the Mormons are very anti-abortion and it feels like an anti-abortion yeah. joke but it's really not because like it starts yeah. with a really important topic of like ooh abortion's rough ooh we're renaming it ooh that's a good idea oh he's got a probably a good solution why would he bring it up oh he's an idiot <laughs> you know what I mean yeah like I like that disappointing style of comedy <laughs> I guess that's, that's why I'm DJ Disappointment, and this is the Disappointing Radio Because, <laughs> like, yeah. I always felt like we were getting yelled at. Like, I always felt like when I met you, it was, like, such a mimic of my own life. And it was, like, somebody else that was just like me that was just ended up somewhere else. And, like, we always looked kind of similar when we were younger. We looked nothing alike now because I look way homeless. But... Yeah. <laughs> but we... Much, I've been homeless for... <laughs> I've been homeless. <laughs> there was... When I first got here, I slept on a friend's couch for uh, for three weeks. Yeah, but that happens when you're finding a new place to live. Yeah. But I guess, hey, I haven't been homeless yet, so I'm beating you in that race. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm yeah. kidding, I'm kidding. It's so crazy that you're in Australia, though, because like now I can actually make Australia fire jokes, and it's totally okay, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I asked you earlier, but you can answer this again. You, like, were you worried at all? For the fires? Um, no. The closest where I am, I'm in Melbourne, so the closest fires to me were five hours away. Um, there was days where it was uh, where it was really smoky in the city. Damn. Um, and you had to like wear a mask and. And your butthole was like a that. little tight when while you're walking to work. You're like, it's fine, it's fine. I'm just gonna cook up some soup. It's cool, it's cool. Yeah, but um, other than that, no. I was like, I knew the fires weren't gonna rage down. Like, I live in the city, so it's like, they're not going to rage down and burn down buildings. (laughs) Yeah, it's not going to just travel amongst concrete roads like a fucking, like, sci-fi fire that's, like, growing. (laughs) Exactly. It was pretty wild, though. Like, there was... There were some days where I was like, fuck, I probably shouldn't leave my house. Fuck, I probably shouldn't leave my house. (laughs) Yeah, there was one night, uh, Melbourne had the worst air quality in the world. um, It was worse than... Uh, Beijing, worse than... China, uh, worse than... India. Yeah. It was rough. But, um, there, I think two-thirds have been put out now. <laughs> They'd also been going since September, and they only got put out, like, two or three weeks ago. Because they actually got bad, bad, and then people were like, alright, we should kind of give a fuck. It's like, we should have gave a fuck a while ago. We're just getting to the yeah. point where we're, like, not at the point to admitting it, but we're willing to fix it more. Yeah. <laughs> it was... Like, bushfires are part of um, Australian culture. Like, they happen every year. But this year was just especially bad because yeah. of how dry it was. And how dry it was. And a lot of them started from uh, from lightning strikes. It was just stormy other places. That's what started? Lightning strikes. Yeah. That's crazy. Lightning strikes. And I heard a couple places that uh, it was, like, people who were camping and then just uh, left an ember. 
That's all it takes. Yeah, literally. And then like, I saw I saw a couple of videos where it was like literally like forty foot fires just going up trees. Jesus Christ. I seen yeah. um where there were like a lot of responsive teams like sitting on like the black charred aftermath of like a few of the yeah. areas. And I was like, wow, that made me sad. A piece of me, and I hated that I did this because maybe I'm too cynical from watching BoJack Horseman too much. A piece of me was like, you know, it's probably not all that bad everywhere. And they just found the worst spot to take a photo of and really, like, media hype. Yeah. Because, like, it seemed like everyone in Australia was like, we're not doing too terrible. Like, yeah, shit's bad now, but, like, we're not dying of an infrastructure. We're fucking, we're going to survive this. Like, yeah. Exactly. It was like it depends where you, it depends where you live. Like the coastal cities weren't definitely not bad, but it's like it's when you get into the outback inland and like the really dry tundra areas. Yeah. The yeah. So the middle of Australia is a desert, and then once you get a little bit further out, is like there's a lot of like really nice places, but just a lot of trees. Yeah, dryness and and just the dry dead trees. wood. What's the so bet? What's your favorite thing you've done being in Australia? Um, Australia, I would say, you could do this anywhere, but I went skydiving. Um, oh. That, yeah, I went skydiving when I was in Sydney, went an hour and a half south of Sydney. That was probably, that was one of my highlights. Damn, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was really, it was really, really good. So I haven't I been, wish- I haven't been anything like that, like, I haven't done anything crazy like that. We did, however, go to Florida, like, me and my girlfriend, and we drove her yeah, truck I do back. That. And we drove like her truck back through Georgia and saw the mountains and like that was kind of cool. But because I don't have my yeah. passport, I don't really have the option to like have a crazy awesome story. Like what I really want to do with either some of my buddies from Ohio or honestly just cuz I know you're a very wild individual with his passport, I want to go to yeah. fucking like Amsterdam and get some like yeah. le- like I know Colorado has them, but I want to get some proper legal shrooms and just fucking trip balls in fucking England and be like, "Tell me how I'm fucking on the Mars." <laughs> yeah, I actually did get invited to Amsterdam this summer, but I don't think I'll be able to make it. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, cuz I'll be working here and I'm only allowed 6 weeks off, I think, throughout the year. Right. I'm taking it all at once. Um, for one I'm, big I'm gonna go, trip home and whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I'm actually, I'm actually going to go to the States. I'm going to go to uh, Texas and see a friend. Hey! Friend. Damn, yeah, dude, if you're ever through Ohio, I know it's going to be hard, but like you should definitely try to come yeah. see me. Yeah. I don't know if I will be because I, so, I only have so much time. Right. Um, but I'll be in Texas for 4th of July. Insane. You are insane. Yeah. You travel yeah. so much. I'm sure you're... You're just impervious to jet lag at this point, or? Um, there's definitely things you can do to combat it. Like, I try sleeping on all my flights. Yeah. Um, so I plan, and, like, no, there is days where I'm sure you have to like back to Australia. I'm sure you have to, like, keep your cool pretty much on flights all the time, but, like, what's the funniest thing you've seen on a flight? Because you see a lot of fucking shit on flights. Um, there's just, like, a lot of, like, people who are just, like, sleeping with their mouths open, like, head back. (laughs) Um... No, other than that, nothing really too funny, because I'm the type of person where I'll just pass out on the flights. Yeah, I'm a sleeper, too, and I hate that, but, like, oh, it's just so easy. Yeah. There was, um, the flight when I was coming to, I went to L.A. for four days, when I was coming to L.A. was, I was so tired, because I was up late saying bye to all my friends again. Yeah. 
and I went didn't go to bed till like two a.m. and I had to be up at five a.m. to go catch this flight. Right. So I slept like three hours. I was sleeping on the plane, and I was having lucid dreams. Like I was sitting, I was saw myself sitting in my seat, and we were landing in the plane <laughs> in L.A. We like from landing, like a like, third person off. perspective. Yeah. That's bonkers because my friend Nick literally today, I shit you not, brought it up and he was like, Do you guys ever dream in third person? And I was like, No, maybe like once in my life. And he every single yeah. one of our friend group was like, No, not at all, Nick. And he's like, I dream in third person like all the time or I think in third person all the time. And I'm like, Not at all, Nick. So that's fucking bonkers that you're bringing that up today. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Um, God damn. Let me ask you that. <coughs> oh, God, I'm dying. <coughs> Hold on. That's a big cough. I have yet to get a barf <laughs> on the show. I have yet to get a, like, a fucking good-ass fart. There have been attempts, but not, you know, none of those really gross sounds have yet made it on their show. I had one guest I thought was going to barf, but he didn't. But it was really fucking funny. Um, <laughs> I digress as I, I fucking die and rebound to talk to you. Um, there is a really good anime about cooking and i'm yeah. curious to see if you've ever seen it probably not okay it's on netflix i, I like never watch out anime so okay i love anime <laughs> i will yeah. not hide that anymore because it's fucking cool there's a there's a lot of cool shit in it a lot of fight scenes a lot of emotion a lot of character building a lot of titties a lot of anime titties which are cool but there's a specific anime on Netflix and, like, a few other things, but that would probably be the easiest one for you to find it, called, like, uh, Cooking Wars, and it's literally, like, yeah. the, an anime about a chef. And, like, while it sounds kind of basic and simple, it's one of the most watched animes, like, to date, like, just because of, like, I guess they use very specifically real techniques for cooking, and the, the, the imagery of the food's really nice, and, like, a lot of people like to remake the food from the show, and they say it's really good, so, like... Of all people, I feel like you would like that because it might just like spark yeah. something to where you're like, oh, what if I made a, a sauce for this pasta and oh, this and oh, and you're just coming in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. What was it called? It was called Cooking Wars. Cooking Wars. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You have to tell me if you ever check it out. I'm a fucking weeb, yeah. so I definitely like recommend weird shit to people to watch. Um, I'm not sure if it'll if it'll be on my Netflix. Are you? Do you watch like Australian stuff? No, just Austri Netflix is different depending on what country you're in. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, so I don't know if Australian Netflix will actually have it. Okay. That's crazy yeah. to think about. Ah, yeah. uh, it's so weird to think that you're so far away. Like, oh, yeah. I was also going to make this joke at the beginning of the show and I forgot. How is the future? Because this is Friday where I'm calling and it's Saturday where you're calling. Tell me yeah. which races win so I can be a millionaire. <laughs> I told myself I was going to do one future joke because you told me it's like, oh, it'll be Saturday when you're calling. And it's like, oh, yeah. that just blew my mind. Yeah. 16, 16 hour time change. So what time is it? It's Well, that technically just past midnight. So I'm a, a, yeah. a fucking bitch ass puss boy for doing that joke now because yeah. it doesn't even technically yeah. work. But I told myself I was going to do it regardless. So fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's just after midnight for you, and for me it's 4.15 in the afternoon on Saturday. <sighs> Crazy stuff. Time. 
in the yeah. sun and what we base time off. Time is relative, all right? Let's not fucking yeah. pinpoint it to one thing. <laughs> but we'll also not yeah. spiral down a really dark physics rant. Um, damn. I'm trying to think of, like, what my favorite food is, and I'm going to have you, like, try to critique it. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, like, intricate, like, grilled cheeses. Okay. Because when I was with Abby, like, I always love a good grilled cheese. Like, a different cheese, different kind of bread. There's a lot you can do with it. But then when we were in Florida, this is a 100% true story, and you'll like this. When we were in Florida for her truck, we had, like, a week there. We were just killing, doing some shit. She was showing me her hometown, and there was a grilled cheese bar. And the only thing they served was, like, craft beers and fucking grilled cheeses. And the grilled cheeses, like, you could get a bunch of different shit in it. And I got, like, caramel and, like, something else in mine, onions. And it was fucking amazing. I wanted to come. So, like, we're waiting there for our sandwiches before we even get to taste them. And I'm looking up, and this couple comes in the bar. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I look over at Abby, and her face just changes from, like, a laughing to, like, a very serious, like, oh. And I'm like, what's wrong? She goes, you just missed that. And I'm like, what? And I look over at those couples, and there's, like, another couple there. And I'm like, yeah, they're pretty close. And he goes, no, that other couple came in, and the guy of that couple started kissing that guy's wife, and that guy started kissing the other's wife, and I think they're swingers. And I was like, we are in Florida. I don't know why that surprises you. (laughs) Yeah. But she told me, she's like, you'll you'll run into some swingers here. I'm like, really? Are they, like, iguanas, they're indigenous to here? (laughs) (laughs) You know, anything that can happen will happen in Florida is kind of what I realized. Yeah, I mean, mayors do crack there. Oh, no, that's Canada, sorry. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) That was, like, the only thing. I remember when when our parents would get political and they would compare Canadian stuff to America... My dad's only smoking gun because he's just not really huge political. He'd be like, yeah, well, our mayors don't smoke crack. And Brent's like, one fucking mayor. You're going to hold the whole country captive to that? <laughs> yeah. So not bad. good. It made, made all of Canada look like a joke. Yeah, but, like, I always knew Canada was, like, a blissfully nice fucking place to live. So I never even got phased by it. Because I'm like, the fact that they had the leisurely to let a mayor smoke crack shows you all of the other government is probably really fucking cool, and like that's a good thought to have. <laughs> it was. It wasn't like he let they let him smoke crack. It was like he got caught one night and denied, denied, denied. Yeah, and then he was just like, yeah. "Yes," and then he did it again. He was like, "I am sorry, but I am a crack yeah. addict." <laughs> no, it wasn't. Like he was a crack addict, but it was one time. I think he was out. He was like, "Oh, I was out drunk," and these guys handed it to me. It was like three years ago, or like four years ago. And but it's still like, this is our mayor. This is a weird looking weed pipe, man. Yeah, it's crack. Yeah. It's what? <laughs> I can just imagine that conversation. That's fucking hilarious. Um, yeah. I like to pose this question onto people to kind of, I guess, ponder morality as well as joke about some dark subjects. So we have like a certain amount of heroin in the world that like is just existing. And while we should like destroy most of it, like, it's still a very powerful chemical, and it feels like you shouldn't just destroy something because there's a use for everything. So I was thinking about what yeah. you would do with, like, legal heroin. Who would get that? And I thought about it for a long time. Do you think cancer patients should just be allowed to fucking, like, spoonful it up as much as they want and ride that dark horse because they're terminally ill? Like, only someone that's confirmed to, like, die in, like, very short amounts of time. Because then at that point, why can't they run rampant with their cells and bodies? You're not going to have long-term deterioration because you're not going to live that long. Like, it, like I can't think of any other use other than 
the small amount you would use to train dogs to find the drug that you've completely eradicated. Like, what happens if you get all the heroin in the world? You're going to destroy most of it, but just like anything, we keep a small amount of everything so we can always replicate it in case of someday needing it, which I can't imagine the world being like, quickly, heroin! But, like, you know, crazier things have happened. Yeah. I don't know what else we could use it for. Definitely not, but, um... I just feel like I, I just want to go to a hospital and see a bunch of grandmas shooting up and talking shit to each other and be like, yo, Cholo, what they doing? She's a white lady, and it's like, why do you have a Mexican accent? Yeah. <laughs> do you, um, what's your favorite kind of music? Because I've let you grow up a little bit since we've been young, and you've probably had a chance to, like, explore sound. Because I know you're a big music guy, and, like, really yeah. dive into your own interests in these recent years. Um... I'm kind of all over the place. I like mainstream country. Okay. Uh, I know. I know that's not like what you're into. You like. You like shit. I've probably never even heard of. It's so funny you say that because you already know that that's 100 percent accurate, and I have to explain that to most people. And I love that you know yeah. that. Like I don't like yeah. I don't like Luke Bryan. I don't like Florida Georgia Line. Like, love both of them. Yeah, I like Cody Jenks and Jamie Johnson and Whitey Morgan. You're like don't know who. <laughs> but I will say you like. Um, but you might also like Tyler Childers. No, no, no. I think man. your dad, your dad showed, played one of his songs like this year in Florida. My dad's a little bit more keen to the mainstream media stuff. I just can't be bothered with it personally. Yeah, I just don't like it. Like I will say though, I have really fucking come into my own with the gangster rap. I mean, yeah. I could spit you so many different Biggie Smalls, Tupac, Wu-Tang Clan versus like I fucking love it and I can't get enough of it so like I try to be pretty adept with all music but like oh god like now that you bring it up I do like my old I like my old country and my like un- I guess you would call it underground country yeah like the unknown bad boys of country that are like fuck the machine we're just gonna make albums cause we sound good <laughs> yeah um no, it's either, it goes from that, that's probably the least that I listen to his country, and then it bounces, it depends on the mood and what I'm trying to do. Okay. Um, like, if I'm going out, if I'm going out to a club with my friends, like, going out partying, like, it's EDM. Um, I'm not a big EDM guy, but I knew you kind of liked it. What, what, what draws you in about the EDM? Because I've, I've seen Run the Jewels live, and they have, like, an EDM beat over their rap lyrics, and that was fucking awesome. It's just, like, it's just... I don't know, it just like makes me want to drink. Like, yeah, let's get it going. Let's <laughs> it just makes me like, want to drink. Fuck. It gets my dick hard. Yeah. It gets my blood pumping. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then if I'm not, like, if I'm just going to work or if I'm just, like, at home, I'll listen to Alternative, which is, like, really big in Australia. Alternative? Um, okay. Yeah. Which is, like, I don't know if you probably won't know any of them. Like, big Australian ones are, like, Sticky Fingers, Ocean Alley. Uh, Tones and I, you might know. Tones and I uh, sounds a little familiar. Dance Monkey, um, which is probably isn't that. Uh, what draws you in about like alternative music? Because I like alternative, mm-hmm. like everything. I like alternative rap. I like alternative rock. I like alternative country. It's just easy to listen to, and it's just like it's kind of like mellow. Just go with the beat, like a little more wholesomey. Kind of like you can tell yeah. it's made by one of us, one of the people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of the masses, I guess. Yeah. The unfortunate yeah. few. I want to I wanna at least one time try 
to recollect the fact that wasn't it freaky how like synchronized our vacations used to be to where like we used to do our homework at the same time yeah that would fuck me up just synchronize our family's work yeah, like, my mom would always be with your mom, our dads would be doing the same shit, they would get up at the same time, we would see each other, like, like always at the same times, and, like, we would do our homework, we'd eat lunch at the same time, and then, like, the Thanksgiving dinners always had me weak, because there were also other couples there from Canada celebrating Thanksgiving, so while this was yeah. all fucking buck choy for you guys, like, normal, we're just sitting there laughing our asses off, because, like, we're the smug-ass America's thing, and, like, this isn't the real Thanksgiving. Like, ours is yeah. the fucking one to boast about. And it's like, hey, asshole, that's the point of Thanksgiving, is that it's your country's Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. The food was always good. I found out, though, that the whole tryptophan thing that Tom always told us is bullshit, that they did a, like, a fun fact Mythbusters thing about that or whatever, and they were like, the amount of turkey you would actually have to eat to get any sizably notable amount of tryptophans is, like, a fuck ton of turkey dinners. Yeah. And you're not getting that. So, like, I just think it's funny that, like, not that anyone's wrong or stupid, and I'm not trying to say this to belittle anybody, but, like, I think we always idolize these people around us just because they're bigger than us, and we think that they've got it all figured out. But then at some point you realize nobody's got it figured out, and we're just all doing our best. Yeah. And that's kind of nice and wholesome. Because, like, I look back, and not to, like, shit on your family at all i just like i think it's easier to see other people's families and then like figure out their quirks and stuff and then relate it to yourselves so like yeah i saw i mean i saw my relationship and my family in yours because it was so mirrored and it was so dissimilar like i would see like when you would get yelled from your dad i would be like oh i kind of get why i pissed my dad off a lot and then like i would kind of get like your mom was so strict all the time but then like i saw like when she would talk to us she would be the sweetest person in the world and I saw the same thing from my mom, from us with you, and just that switch change of, like, you have compassion for both, but, like, because one's not your kid, you're going to obviously have a lot more leisure way for fucking whatever. But, like, it's, it was just funny how similar everything was. And you and it was literally just, like, holding a mirror up and being like, oh, I can... I mean, to a degree, some people thought we were brothers when we were very young, and I thought that was very funny. <laughs> and they still think that our sisters are twins. Yeah, that's a little... I mean, to this day, when Kelly still comes over every once in a while... Which, by the way, did I tell you that when she was over fucking, like, the last time, like, when I still had a room there, she took my bed... Oh, really? No, yeah, she took my like... bed in my room, and I slept, like, on the couch. Isn't that some shit? <laughs> I was like, the fuck, Kelly? Sleep was with this, McKenna. Was this when, um... Was this when they... When Kelly went to prom? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Your sister went to my sister's prom and she lives in Canada. That shouldn't happen. But you know what? She was one of her closest friends. She's like, yes, I'll come. And that's what, like, that's what bridges my heart together is, like, family and people who matter aren't fucking who blood related to you. It's who who fucking actually shows up, who gives a shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, even though we were never fucking, like, like facetime every day close i knew i could always like outreach to you if i had just some bullshit about anything exactly. and it was and it was nice to know that there was like somebody else that was just like me somebody somewhere else because whenever i was struggling with something i'm like maybe sean's dealing with this in canada yeah. form so it's just icy and everywhere and cold <laughs> yeah and cold and they ride penguins to school <laughs> <laughs> i always like to no. pitch like in my head like so i used to do that when i was young when I used to see you a lot more in Florida, of like, well, if this is bad, what if it was Canada? And, like, do that in a joking way where it's like, 
like even to where I was in almost high school, sometimes where I'd be like, "Oh man, if this blowjob's bad here, how bad would it be in Canada?" To a point yeah. where she almost freeze on this pole, and then it's a whole fire department situation. <laughs> I don't know. the com- The comedy is silly, and it's all over the place. But like, I try to model it like it's disappointing. Like the whole show you listen to is just a trash fire. But really, it's yeah. me just reminiscing with friends and talking about why they matter to me. <laughs> yeah, kind of shooting the shit. Yeah, kind of. Um, oh, man. I do want to know, like, what do you think, like, you're going to do, like, and I'm not trying to pin this to you, but, like, you're a single dude. Do you have any plans for, like, the other kind of life plans? Like, you seem like you've got your career stuff figured out, which is good. Yeah. Because you've got the whole cooking thing and you've got the whole poker thing for, like, a hobby career that could take off. But, like, do you want a family? Because I don't think everybody should want to want a wife or want kids. Because I'm not trying to put that pressure on you at all. Yeah. No, I I do think I could. But, um, I don't know, it's so hard. Because, like... You travel. Two weeks ago, I... Yeah, two weeks ago, I, I don't know. Personally, I was really unhappy in Toronto. Like, I really wanted to get out, which is why I kind of just left. Yeah. Um, but I was also, like, two weeks ago, I didn't know. I had three, op- four options. I was either going to stay in Australia for another year. I was going to move to New Zealand for two years. I was going to go traveling for, like, four months and then go home. Or I was just going to go home. And I had, honestly, no idea which of the four you wanted was going to happen. to take. Yeah. And which four I... Like, easily could have traveled, easily could have went home, easily could have stayed another year, or I easily could have went to New Zealand. And I was like, it was a hard decision to make, but yeah. I'm really glad that I'm staying for another year. So now that you're staying, obviously you're not going to try to, like, develop a family there, but do you see yourself no. kind of like, like, wh- like, when is a good age range for you in your mind to, like, if you're going to try to do certain milestones, when do you want them to happen by? Like, me, like, I told... Abby, I'm like, we're not going to have kids till we're 30. Like, yeah. the day I turn 30, we can have kids. But I don't want to be anyone in my 20s having kids because I don't want to be these dudes that get trapped in a fucking state having a kid. Yeah. Fuck that. Fuck that. But, like, exactly. married? I don't know. I'd like to be married by, like, 27, 26. I don't think that's exactly. crazy to say. I was going to say 28. I don't plan on really being home and, like, settling down in Toronto. I know... 90% well because I don't think marriage from... means like developing one place because that's yeah. another thing like you could like maybe you could find a traveling companion yeah that would be that would be the fucking dream do you think she'd have uh, to be a cook that way you guys could always work together no I think that would be spending way too much time with one person <laughs> you don't think you could work with your significant other that's a hard thing to do um no I don't think I could don't think I could. Too much of a good like, thing can spoil it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's funny. I just, like, I don't know. I don't know when the right ages for stuff is. Because when I talk shit about other kids, like, getting married at this age or, like, having kids too young or whatever, like, I say it's too young or I say it's too late, but, like, everybody's life plans are different. But I still think, exactly. like, there should be some kind of schema for, like, oh, how, when do you think things should happen by? Because, like... You're one of my few friends, and I'm like, yes, of all people, Sean parties and cra- he's crazy, and he's out there, and he's wild, but, like, he still doesn't have any kids. He's not shacking yeah. up with a girl that he's – looks like – like, he's, he looks like he's having a good time, but he's also, you know, being safe, and, like, that's nice to think about that, like, 
you don't look like you're trying to fucking settle down yet. So I'm sure you thought about it. Like, if I am, when should that probably happen by? Yeah. I'd probably be, like, 28. I'd want to get married. Like, go home 24, 25. Like, after having lived here for two years, I also want to live in the mountains in Canada. Um, So you do want to go back to Canada, but just, like, a little different area. Why the mountains? Uh, five hours away i love the mountains like i went to new zealand as well and it was like that was one of the best trips of my life for nine days Do you, well you ski and stuff right yeah yeah. see yeah. i've never skied love, yeah no it's i didn't ski when i was in new zealand it was winter when i was there but winter had just started and the ski hills didn't open for another month but um no i camper van the whole south island of new zealand that was like freezing cold because um, there's no heat in the camper van at night. Right. Um, so it's like I was sleeping with seven layers on, <laughs> with socks, with hats, with a hood, with a mitt, with all. Uh, see, as I say that, like, honestly, and don't be offended by this, I can't really see you having, like, kids. Yeah. But I can really see you with, like, some, not skinny, but not fat, but, like, kind of mildly, like, built her blonde chick that you've discovered on your adventures that like by like 27 is like traveling always traveling with you like everywhere you got like i always see pictures of you guys like amongst the globe because i feel like you need a traveling companion somebody that can like but how are you gonna find somebody that has the ease to like travel unless you have a point in your life where you just both have money and then you're just like let's just travel because then that's a whole different subject yeah it would be it would be amazing to find a girl like that, but it's a lot of money and a lot of time, and most people don't. That was another thing I realized kind of moving here. It was like, damn, I need a friend to move with. And then after thinking about it for like three months and asking a bunch of people, I was like, we should go to New Australia. We should go to Australia. And then I was like, no one's gonna have the time. No one, no yeah. one can go with me. Like yeah. I, I gotta go on my own. This is yeah. That was one of the things you just kind of had to do on your own. But I do definitely exactly. think it's something that you can, like, pick up. Like, a traveling companion is definitely something you can find. It's just yeah. who has the comfortability to do that. And I also think it's one thing to note that, like, just because you go on trips with somebody doesn't mean you're destined to fucking marry them or whatever. Like, I'm sure you've probably ran the situation where you've found a lovely lady that you're probably with for a week or so. And it's like, hey, let's make a big trip to this fucking place. Because you seem like the type yeah. that's easily able to, like pack up, drive a big distance, do something, and drive back. Like, you're a driver to me. Yeah. All I have with me right now is a backpack. <laughs> like, I don't have a suitcase. Like, all I have is... So you're always um, ready to go. Yeah. Like, I, everything I own fits, I can carry on my body. Do you feel like a hermit? Um, not really. I just like a good, modern-day hermit. Yeah. But I, I love it. I wouldn't... I wouldn't want to travel with a suitcase with all that extra weight. Um, Plus, the backpack makes you feel like an adventurer, right? Yeah. And it's like, I wear the same thing every fucking day. (laughs) I think I have eight eight shirts, and it's like, I just rotate through them. That's funny. Um, I like to think that, like, because you focus so much on, like, some internal skills, like your palate and, like, your know-how and, like, your cooking ability that, like, you might be lacking on the exterior in terms of like fashion in some people's minds because you don't have a lot of clothes, but like you could walk in anywhere and cook up a masterpiece and impress the fuck out of somebody. And like that's like a yeah. hidden smoking gun. 
like that I consider yeah. is like a like skill to me is the invisible gun that you always have on your holster. For you, that's going to be yeah. cooking skill, and at some point, it's going to be gambling on the other side. Right now, my smoking gun is fucking comedy. I've always got it ready because it doesn't take anything to be funny. And then at some day yeah. I'll have the other one where I can be like, also I know a bunch about IT and cybersecurity, but until then I'm just gonna be fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. I wonder um, sometimes like, because I think everybody goes through that moment of like, if I was a rapper, what would my name be? You know what I mean? Because I I thought about this the other day because I was like, well, what's the first instance of comedy? It was like the jester. And the King's Court. So I was like, what if I was the Jesta? Like an A at the end. Yeah. I think that's kind of (laughs) hard. If you had to be a rapper, like, what would you call yourself? Would you go for, like, a cooking aspect? Or would you go for something like... I think... I was going to say, like, chef something, like... Yeah, uh, you going for... Yeah. Sean... So it would be, like, Cook SB. Or, like... Yeah. Oh, Chef Supreme. Or, like... Something hilarious like that. That's funny as fuck. One of my best friends, Nolan, he absolutely loves to cook. To the point where when I asked him this question, he was literally like, oh, uh, literally like Chef MC. Or like, like we were thinking of all these chef names. Like the chef. Just like chef. Like just like share itself. Just because he fucking... Because we were trying to picture like a Biggie Smalls meets like... Who's like a badass cook? I don't know cooking lingo. I guess like, oh, you know who? Who's that big ass fat white dude that like is a rapper and a cook and like he has a whole cooking show and like. Oh, um, Action Bronson. Yeah, Action Bronson. Kind of like that vibe where like a funny cook that like is really good but like also a gangster. That's the kind of aspect we were going for his vibe. See, that's the kind of cook I would really be into like talking to just because like on a personal level you understand like some of the stuff about food. And, like, you're not afraid to kind of go into the weird phenomena that is, like, why is this good? And, like, why is that good with that? And some chefs are, like, oh, just because it is. Or, like, some chefs get scientific with it. They say, you know, well, the amino acids in this do this with that, and that's why. And that's fine, but that's just a little too textbook. Yeah. I like the the chefs that are going to fucking smoke you a blunt at Waffle House and be, like... It's good because the richness of the butter and the creaminess. And it's like, oh, oh, tell me about the butterness and the creaminess. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a... Because I'm not good at cooking, but I wish I was. Isn't that a funny thing to... Yeah. Because it takes time. You just can't be good at cooking, like, as you start. Like, there's a lot of stuff you have to learn and memorize and, like, remember about bullshit. And, like, do you ever find yourself, like, almost in a hospital situation where you're, like... Oh, fuck, I need to look up blah, blah, blah in a textbook because I don't remember what the fuck. Like, do you ever get something like when they're like, make this, and you're like, oh, fuck, I don't remember how to do that one? Um, like, what yeah, no, stumps you? If there's just a recipe, I don't know. Like, we had to make sticky dates the other day, which are like, um, it's like dessert, and I just, I don't know the recipe. And, um, you literally Google it. Okay. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. In modern day, they do kind of scare you. It's like, oh, if you don't know the answer, it's going to fucking crash and burn. It's like, well, no. In the real world, they're just going to Google it or look it up. In my mind. So at least it's like, because you always, like, I remember, what was the other place you were working? You were made, were you in Australia two years ago cooking? No. Because you were at one 
place that you always took pictures of, and it looked like a fucking, like, a black and white, like, hella fancy restaurant. And I'm like, damn, dude, like, do you just cook? And you're like, yeah. And I remember you sending me pictures of just, like, endless arrays of, like, fucking what looked like um, flambés that you had fucking torched. And I'm like, that's fancy as a motherfucker. Um, that was probably when I was in culinary school, when I was learning to cook. Okay. Yeah, so that was back in Toronto. How and how then, was that uh, whole experience, like, going to culinary school? Like, did you like it? Do you... Um, I didn't like that the classes... Like, I was also working full-time and going to culinary school. Okay. So I was working 40 hours a week and going to school 40 hours a week. So I was just drained. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, classes would start at 7 a.m. I'd go to class. Literally, I'd drive to school and I'd take naps in between classes just to try and, like, catch up on sleep because I'd be working till 2 in the morning. Get it in when you can. Yeah, literally. But um, it was good. Like, I learned a lot, but definitely the experience at a restaurant, working at a restaurant, is way more important than going to culinary school. And that's a weird thing to think about, that, like... Yeah, the certificates will get you paid more. Yeah. But but it doesn't necessarily make you a better chef. Yeah, just because it says on paper you're good doesn't mean that if you went toe-to-toe with somebody that just, like... I spent years getting to know the craft and like the tastes and the senses and like the the tools around them are just better. Some of the exactly. like like that makes me think about like who's the Steve Jobs of cooking? Who's the guy who went to school and was like, "Fuck this, I can just do this" and just like cooked on his own, tasted things, tried things, and like like I'm trying to think of like because are you like I think there should be goals with everything and like yeah. like why do you cook? Why cook? Is it to make sure nobody goes hungry? Is it to improve on tastes of things that no one could think of? Like, what's, why? For me, it was, um, it just kind of, the first job I had was, like, I was a busboy at a restaurant okay. when I was 16, and I just, I didn't like it. Like, it, I made money doing it, but it's, like, late at night, I would be, they'd tell me to go, like, clear tables or bus tables, but I'd be in the kitchen cooking, and eventually there was, like, why don't you just work in the kitchen? So I was like, okay. Okay. Um, so I did that. I ended up working at that restaurant for four and a half years um, until I literally left for Australia a year ago. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. But, like, at some point, like, I feel like, and maybe that's why you feel like poker should be your thing, is because there is no driving, driving force for cooking. Just because, like, to me, like, there always should be one overarching theme that you always carry on your shoulders for why you're doing this. And I'm not a religious dude, so, like, I don't really think, like, because Jesus wants me to. Like, I'm not really in for that kind of reason. It's more or less, like, like, I want to cook to, like, I know, like, one of my favorite anime characters in the world is Sanji from One Piece, and he's like, you know, I cook to make sure nobody ever goes hungry. Because that's one of the worst things in the world is to die of starvation. So, like, that's a nice thought. Or it's like, Action Bronson, like, how you can bring coolness and sexiness into into fucking food when you make these big-ass sandwiches. And, you know, sometimes cooking isn't, you know, it's it's sloppy and it's all over the place, but it's delicious. And that's all that matters. And, like, you know, yeah. breaking the edgeness of that cooking world of, like, going into a place. And while it's nice and it's fine to have that gourmet style of, like, you know, clean white plate, rims, very small entrees, looks fancy as fuck... A lot of people are redefining that, okay, why can't your fancy as fuck food be a lot of food and be really delicious and be kind of messy and maybe, 
You don't have to be in the attire that you used to be in because we're in a new day and age that people don't give a shit as much. Like, yeah. th- I like that. Like, because I'm trying to bring that to my comedy, too. I'm trying to bring that aspect that, like, anybody can like it. Anybody can laugh because it's something that anybody should be able to get to. Like, I don't know. Like, I try to think, why do it? You know, you've been doing cooking for, you must like it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do like it, but I don't know if I want to do it for the rest of my life. Um, right. That, I knew when I was coming here, I was like, I'm going to have to do it to pay the bills so I don't go fucking homeless. Yeah, so you're definitely going to have to stick with it. Yeah, I'm going to have to stick with it for the next year, especially now that my work's sponsoring me, so I get to stay there and do it. Yeah. Um, but after, like, when I go home, I guess I will do it kind of wherever I go, just because I know I can do it to make money. You know you're good at it. Yeah. Exactly. It's a good thought. I yeah. just, I, I, wor- I worry about... in my pocket. Yeah. I worry about surviving sometimes, but then, like... I know I'll be fine, and I know you'll be fine because, like, certain people just always find ways to survive, yeah. which is a nice thought. But at the same time, like, people's happiness matters, too. And, like, yeah. while I'm not trying to get all ma- sappy and mushy-gushy for you, I know I'm not a lot of people really ever ask, asked me when I was growing up, or at least now, like, what really matters the most to you and why are you doing it? To me, if yeah. someone asked me that now, I'm probably going to say comedy. And why am I doing it? Because I like to make people laugh. And I think it's yeah. nice to bring the world together through that. So when somebody asks you, I don't want you to feel pressured and be like, well, cooking because I'm doing it. It's like, well, I still want to know, like, what's what's pushing Sean to really, like, what's the end goal? And if it's poker, that's great, and you should do that, and I think that's wonderful. I'd say it's travel. Travel. That's it's a like, good one. That's like a good the answer. most important thing. To see the world. And it's like, yeah. I think it's like, right now I've been to 18 different countries. Where's your favorite place to travel to? Uh, New Zealand. That was the best trip. Why was that? Um, just it was so much fun. We caravan from like the whole South Island in and out of the mountains. Just like the most beautiful landscapes you've ever seen. <laughs> See, uh, I want to go to like Ireland and Scotland because like yeah. I grew up on a golf course. So I would think it would yeah. be cool to see some of the most beautiful golf courses yeah. ever built and preserved yeah. for crazy amounts of years. Yeah, and the Cliffs of, Mo- Cliffs of Mohair, I think, are an island. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I'm uh, a music guy, yeah. and I like the intricacy of bagpipe usage, and not any other country really does that. So to hear yeah. people just, like, fucking use it like a fucking banjo in Alabama, that's a different yeah. That's a different subject, buddy boy. <laughs> yeah. How much more time do I got you for? Uh, three minutes. Oh my god, that's fucking hilarious. Well, listen, we'll cut it yeah. here. Uh, like the disappointing show is, we'll just end it where I fucking feel like it. And if you don't like it, then why are you still listening? Um, enjoy your next Culture Shocks for the evening. Uh, I, I'm feeling some gangster rap, but it might be some just... I don't even know what it's going to be. Because usually the, the music depends on the guest. But just for one more time, in case people uh, don't fucking forget the ramblings, this has been on mic one, who? Sean Baden. And I've been the DJ Disappointment. And before we go off, I'm going to give you one last chance to plug, like, if you want to plug a social media, um, if you want to say anything. Is there anything you want to ask me before the show? A lot of the show is me just rambling over the guests. <laughs> yeah. No, my, my Instagram is Sean Baden, uh, S-E-A-N-B-A-I-D-E-N, just my, my name. That's really it. Um, no, nothing else, really. We talk enough to where I'm like, I don't think there's anything killing you to be like i've always wanted to ask brighton it's like hey 
Why the mustache? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I love you, buddy, and I'm glad you did this show. Um, Thanks for having me. Maybe maybe one day we'll do it in person together. <laughs> yeah. This has been the Disappointing Radio Show, ladies and gentlemen, and if you're still listening, either tune into the music or tune the fuck out. Goodbye. I don't know when I played this last, next song the very last time on the show, or if I've ever played it, but it's one of my absolute favorite uh, favorite songs in the world. And I hope to a degree, at this point, Sean, it's really just you listening and nobody else. And I hope you enjoy at least this song from the Ghetto Boys. It's Mind Playing Tricks on Me, probably one of their most famous fucking songs of all time. So if you enjoy it, Sean, please enjoy. And if anybody else is listening at this point, well, I hope you enjoy it too. I sit alone in my four-cornered room staring at candles. Oh, that shit is on. <laughs> Let me drop some shit like this here. Yes. At night I can't sleep. I toss and turn. Candlesticks in the dark. Visions of bodies being burned. Four walls just staring at a nigga. I'm paranoid sleeping with my finger on the trigger. My mother's always dressing. I ain't living right. But I ain't going out without a fight. See, every time my eyes close, I start sweating and blood starts coming out my nose. It's somebody watching me act, but I don't know who it is, so I'm watching my back. I can see him when I'm deep in the covers. When I awake, I don't see the motherfucker. He owns a black hat like I own, a black suit and a cane like my own. Some might say, take a chill, B, but fuck that shit. There's a nigga trying to kill me. I'm popping in the clip when the wind blows. Every 20 seconds got me peeping out my window. Investigating a joint for traps. Taking my telephone for text. I'm staring at the woman on the corner. It's fucked up when your mind's playing tricks on you. I'm the one that's doing dope Can't keep a steady hand because I'm nervous Every Sunday morning I'm in service Praying for forgiveness And trying to find an exit out the business I know the Lord is looking at me But yet and still it's hard for me to feel happy I often drift when I drive Having fatal thoughts of suicide Bang and get it over with And then I'm worry free But that's bullshit I got a little boy to look after and if I die, then my child will be a bastard. I had a woman down with me. But to me, it seemed like she was down to get me. She helped me out in this shit. But to me, she was just another bitch. 
Now she's back with her mother. Now I'm realizing that I love her. Now I'm feeling lonely. My mind is playing tricks on me. This year, Halloween fell on a weekend. Me and Ghetto Boys are trick-or-treating. Robbing little kids for bags. Till an old man got behind our ass. So we speeded up the pace. Took a look back, and he was right before our face. He'd be in for a squabble, no doubt. So I swung and hit the nigga in his mouth. He was going down, we figured. But this wasn't no ordinary nigga. He stood about six or seven feet. Now that's the nigga I be seeing in my sleep. So we triple teamed on him. Dropping them motherfucking bees on him. The more I swung, the more blood flew. Then he disappeared, and my boys disappeared too. Then I felt just like a fiend. It wasn't even close to Halloween. It was dark as fuck on the streets. My hands were all bloody from punching on the concrete. God damn, homie. My mind is playing tricks on me. And I'm pretty sure we played this next song before at least once on the show. But it's absolutely amazing. And you know what? If Sean had taught me anything at a young age, it's that he gets around. And just like Tupac, he got around. With Digital Underground and Tupac, this is I Get Around. Sean, if you've been listening this whole time, I love you, buddy. Thank you for coming on the show one more time. And if you, America, are still listening, well, then why the fuck haven't you turned into this next bop? Here it is. Oh, yeah. Get around, still clown with the underground when we come around. Stronger than ever. Back to get wrecked. All respect to those who break their neck to keep their hopes in check. Cause though they sweat a brother majorly. And I don't know why your girl keeps paging me. She tell me that she needs me. Cries when she leaves me. And every time she sees me, she squeeze me. Lady, take it. Sound sleazy, but tease me. I don't want it if it's that easy. Hey, yo, bust it. Baby, got a problem saying bye bye. Just another hazard of a fly guy. Your ass wide don't matter. My pockets got fatter. Now everybody's looking for the ladder. And ain't no need in being greedy. You want to see me, try to keep a number, baby, when you need it. And I'll be there in a jiffy. Don't be picky, just be happy with this quickie. But when you learn, you can't time it down, baby, dog. Check it out. I get around. Another black man caught up in the mix, mix. trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. Just cause I'm a freak don't mean that we can hit the sheets. Maybe I can sing that you don't recognize me. 
I'm Chuck G, the one who put the satin on your panties. Never knew a hooker that could share me. I guess. What's up, love? How you doing? All right. Well, I've been hanging, singing, trying to do my thing. Oh, you heard that I was banging your home girl you went to school with. That's cool, but did she tell you about her sister and your cousin thought I wasn't? Uh. See, weekends was made for Michelob, but it's a Monday, my day. So just let me hit it, yo. And don't mistake my statement for a clown. We can keep it on the down low, long as you know that I get around. Twists in the hips, cause I'm watching. Conversations on the phone to the break of dawn. Now we all alone while the lights on. Turn them off, time to set it off. Get your wet and soft, something's on your mind. Let it off. You don't know me, you just met me. You won't let me. Well, if I couldn't have me, why you sweat me? It's a lot of real G's doing time. Cause the movie with the truth, I told the lie. 